Gary Rossington was born in Jacksonville, Florida on December 4, 1951. He died on March 5, 2023. He did a lot of cool shit in between. So for Gary Rossington, let's turn it up. From the Florida border up to Nashville, Tennessee, it's your old friend, the simple man. I'm back with a bonus episode. Sadly, we all know why. Also, I just told you in the intro. We lost the last original member of Leonard Skinner, Gary Rossington, amazing guitar player and songwriter, died at the age of 71. I'm recording this episode about a week after Gary died. At the time of this recording, the exact cause of death has not been released, nor has the location. I would assume he died in Alpharetta, Georgia, a suburb of Atlanta, which has been his home for the last 25 years. And I assume his death had something to do with his heart. Gary had heart issues for years. He was the heart of Leonard Skinner, and just like the latter-day Skinner, his heart was in poor shape. I'm sorry, I'm going to try to keep that shit down. Gary underwent quintuple bypass surgery in 2003. He suffered a heart attack in 2015. And he had numerous subsequent heart surgeries, most recently leaving Leonard Skinner in July of 2021 for an emergency heart surgery. In the last year, Gary's health was so poor that he might only play a few songs at a Skinner concert, or he might not play at all. I've said before that I thought it was a little gross that they were pushing this man to play some shows that he clearly wasn't up for. I thought he'd earn some rest. But maybe that's how he wanted it. In fact, it probably was. Gary seemed like the type of guy who wanted to play until he couldn't play anymore. But even knowing all this, it was still jarring to hear that Gary had actually died. He was one of those guys that seemed invincible. The ultimate street survivor, if you will. He had many close brushes with death, obviously the heart issues, and then the most obvious, he was on the plane crash in 1977 that killed Ronnie Van Zant, Steve Gaines, and Cassie Gaines. In this crash, he broke both arms, both legs, and both wrists, as well as his pelvis. Gary only had one pelvis, or I'm sure he would have broken both of those two. But he survived. He had steel rods in his right arm and his right leg. But he kept playing music, kept playing live on stage. But here's the thing. This wasn't Gary's first horrific accident. On Labor Day weekend in 1976, the year before the plane crash, Gary was in a bad car accident. He had just bought a new Ford Torino. He was fucked up on drugs and alcohol and drove his car into an oak tree in his hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. As a result, 
Skinner had to postpone a tour that was scheduled for a few days later. This pissed off Ronnie Van Zant so much that he wrote a song about it, which became a huge hit and a classic rock radio staple. The song is called That Smell and contains the following lyrics. Whiskey bottles and brand new cars. Oak tree, you're in my way. That's a great, that's such a good Ronnie line. Sorry. Whiskey bottles and brand new cars. Oak tree, you're in my way. There's too much coke and too much smoke. Look what's going on inside you. You know the song. So Gary also had to survive the wrath of Ronnie Van Zant at times. I've talked about this before, but it's a great Gary story. All right, you know how you go to a funeral and half that shit is boring? The only cool part is when people stand up and give real-life stories about the person who's dead. I'm trying to do the same thing for Gary today, the cool part. And hang on, before that, I know this isn't about me, but let me get this on record, because I will never be responsible enough to write a proper will. If I die, (laughs) and I do mean if, we can't predict the future. But in the event I die, I want all of my real friends and my closest family members to stand up and tell stories about me. And I hope they're funny, or at least they make me look badass. And in between the stories, play some of my favorite songs. I will write that down, because I actually care about that. Got to get the funeral set list right. But that's all I want from a funeral. After that, I don't care what you do with my body or anything. You can barbecue it on an open pit. Have a big feast for all I care. That might be fun, actually. I have been packing on the fat recently. It's all in my stomach, 100%, right in the stomach. So the rest will probably be stringy. That's just a heads up for anyone that attends my funeral. But remember this, because I'm serious about the first parts. Did I just record a will? Maybe I did, if anyone is paying attention. Oh, and before I move on, I've seen a lot of people joke that you can't have a funeral in the South without playing Freebird. I've been to many funerals in the South, and I'm here to tell you that's not true. Sometimes we play Simple Man or Tuesday's Gone. Tuesday's Gone being my preference. Again, write that down. Anyway, here's my story about Gary. I'm pretty sure I've already told it on this podcast, so you know it's good. Leonard Skinner were in Hamburg, Germany during their prime. They were drunk as hell off peppermint schnapps. Ronnie Van Zant, who seems like a pretty good dude when he's sober, and a very bad dude when he's drunk. He started going in on the road manager. He went in all fists a-blazing on the road manager, and everyone else tried to hold him back. So Ronnie calmed down and apologized to everyone for his brief lack of decorum. Nah, I'm just kidding. Ronnie got much angrier. And for whatever reason, the target of his fury this night was Gary Rossington. Ronnie told Gary, Hey man, you will never play guitar again. 
And then he grabbed a broken bottle and sliced up Gary's hands. Ronnie cut Gary up so badly that there was blood all over the floor. Gary had to go to the ER. Someone later asked Gary if Ronnie apologized for this incident. Gary said, quote, nah. <laughs> nah. He just said, catch the first flight home tomorrow. I said, nah. And that was it. You just got to do what you got to do. End quote. All right, I guess. Nah. And then it turns out they had a show to play the very next day. So Gary had to figure out how to navigate that. And what did he do? Of course, Gary played the next show the next night in bandages. Reports are he occasionally had issues playing because of the blood flowing through the bandages. I guess it wasn't Gary's hottest night as a guitar player because of uh, all the blood. Whew, so that's a glimpse into the life of Leonard Gosh Darn Skinnerd. No doubt Gary was a badass. So who else wants to stand up and tell a story about Gary at this memorial service we're all having? I knew there wouldn't be anyone because I do this podcast by myself, so I stole a few from the internet, specifically from the Left Sets letter. Has anyone heard of this? One of my oldest and best friends sent this to me, the simple friend. You've heard him on here. Anyway, the Left Sets letter is written by a music business lawyer out in L.A. Of course, it's online now, and you can subscribe to it, get it in your email, like I just did. Or you can go to leftsets.com slash WordPress to read it online. Left Sets is spelled L-E-F-S-E-T-Z. And what is it? It's a pretty cool thing. I'm obviously new to it. Didn't know it before the simple friend sent it to me. But it seems like it's guys that have an inside look into some of the old rock bands. And it's become a community of people who were involved in the music industry back in the heyday. The guy running it, Bob Lefsetz, posts and emails out the replies to his letters. It's all people that have inside knowledge in some way. And they're not beholden to anyone to edit their comments. It's the straight dope, I would say, if it was 40 years ago and I was a person who talked like that. So there was one about Gary Rossington, which you can now go check out if you want. But you know I've got you, my free birds, and I've already read every post to bring the best ones to you. So here we go. This first comment is from John Ingham, who's going to stand up and tell a great story at this Gary Rossington memorial service. So apparently this guy in the mid-70s was on the staff of a UK music weekly called Sounds, and he was assigned to do a story on Leonard Skinner. So he joined them in Glasgow at the Albany Hotel. He says, quote, we were the only people 
sitting in the dining lounge. At the end of the room was a low stage and a keyboard and mics. After a while, a guy and girl combo climbed onto the stage and started to play in a very Carpenter's style. Not brilliant, not terrible, an ordinary hotel band. As soon as they started, Ronnie Van Zant and Gary Rossington paid attention and listened to them and at the end of each song applauded. Then the record company lady made a disparaging comment about the playing. Instantly, Ronnie spun on her and with real anger said, quote, they're musicians, they're working, you show them respect, end quote. It was a really eye-opening comment and one I have tried to follow to this day. All the best, John Ingham. Okay, maybe that was more of a story about Ronnie, but Gary was right there listening and being respectful to the musicians trying to do their job in a hotel bar. All right, one more from Lefsitz Letters. This one is from somebody named Tom Rooney, who managed a concert venue in Pittsburgh and then later in Wheeling, West Virginia. He says, quote, my 15-year-old son at the time, Josh, idolized the band, the band being Leonard Skinnerd. Couldn't get enough. One weekday night in Wheeling, he begged to go to the show. His mom said no, school night. We made a deal. Homework would be done in catering. But Josh was too wound up. Gary Rossington got wind of the situation. And Gary came to Josh's table and said, Josh, your dad won't let us go on until you finish that homework. What kind of damn math is that anyway? Okay. Josh got it done and the band played on. Thank you, Tom Rooney, for stepping up and telling that story. I do like that Gary was bemused by the math at hand. But what a cool thing to do. He knew this kid was a was a huge fan. He helped out the kid and the dad. There are many more stories like this, but the overall sentiment seems to be that Skinner were absolute hellraisers and would wreck a place. But they were always kind to the people in the service industry. They acted like gentlemen to women. I know when someone dies, we always hear all the best stuff, but I hope that's true. Before we get too far, why don't we play some music, right? That's why we're all here, man. Man. That's what Gary seemed to care about the most. Gary was not only a great guitar player, he was a great songwriter. If you are new to this podcast, which I imagine a few of you might be, I discuss every Skinner song one episode at a time and I always talk about the songwriters. I always name the songwriters because that's important to me. Maybe I'm crazy, but it seems to me you wouldn't have a song unless someone wrote it. Feels like an integral part of the process to me. 
And of course, Ronnie Van Zant co-wrote every song on the proper Skinnerd albums. Well, he famously never wrote anything down, but he did come up with all the lyrics. But he wasn't necessarily writing music. So who wrote these iconic riffs and melodies? The answer is all four guitar players who were around for the prime albums before the plane crash. Usually three at a time, but not always. We always think of three guitars with Skinnerd, but that was only on three of the five real Skinnerd albums. One guitar player left early, Ed King, and one joined late, Steve Gaines. But Gary Rossington was there the entire time, along with Alan Collins. So I want to play some clips from three of my favorite songs that Gary wrote. And I'm going to play every song from the beginning. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I'm going to start it at the beginning. Because here's what every song has in common. It starts with an undeniable guitar riff by Gary. And why not start with the very first song from the very first Skinnerd album, and maybe my all-time favorite Skinnerd song. It's called I Ain't the One. One, two, three. cool this song is and for it to be the first song on the first album it's rare for a band to come out of the gate fully formed like this the debut album the entire thing is pretty close to perfect and the very first song might be their best i sent out a tweet the other day saying what are your favorite gary moments what are your favorite things that Gary did? And somebody out there said that it was the guitar riff for I Ain't The One. He said it's the most fun guitar riff to play in the history of rock music. I don't play guitar or do much of anything, really. But I get it. I wish I could just pick up a guitar and do this damn thing. <laughs> that would be fun. Probably. And think about this. In August of this year, the debut album by Leonard Skinner 
called Pronounced Leonard Skinnerd, will be 50 years old. You hear this song, it still sounds fresh. That drum intro, it's still bad as hell. The guitar riff, Ronnie's lyrics, his singing. This song works across the board. But it all starts with that guitar riff from Gary Rossington. All right, next up. Another song that Gary wrote with Ronnie. And I'm, I'm talking about songs that only Gary wrote with Ronnie, which means he wrote the music. There are many other songs that Gary wrote with another one of the Skinner guitar players, and that's great. But I'm talking about what Gary did by himself. This next song is called Don't Ask Me No Questions. Let me know if you think this is a badass guitar riff. You see it on this song. I know you've heard this a million times before. I know I've talked about it on the podcast. But maybe it's worthwhile to focus on these songs that Gary put together. Some of his best moments since we just lost him. But I also want to talk about Gary as a guitar player, not just a songwriter. And I get it. I know it's tough to think about the Skinnerd guitar players as individuals. They are known for having three, after all. And I'll admit, I often cannot tell the difference between the guitar players, especially when I started doing this podcast. I couldn't tell the difference between them after a couple of years of doing this podcast. And oftentimes, I still can't. It's hard for guitar experts to tell the difference between the two or three guitar players on a particular song. And I have to think that's part of what makes Skinner work. The guitar players have a similar sound and they can blend together seamlessly. But I have done some research. I've listened and learned. And here's what I know. Gary plays clean and precise. Minimal notes. He has a beautiful tone. And so let's contrast him with Alan Collins, the only other guitar player who was on all five of the Real Skinnerd records. Alan was great. He's the guy that plays so many notes in his solos, all the notes. And it's badass, but Gary has a different approach. This might be the best way to explain it. We've all heard Freebird, right? You guys know that one? Freebird. 
Gary plays the slide guitar and Alan Collins plays the solo. So Gary is all Okay. <laughs> All right. That's Gary. And Alan is more. I guess I could actually play clips from the real guitar solo, but no, this is better. So I hope that helps. Keep this in mind when you listen to Skinner. Now you can tell the difference between the guitar players. Instead of just enjoying the music, I'm sure you're trying to analyze who's playing what. Hey, I can't be the only one who, as a child, always pictured myself playing these songs when I listened to it. I was the guy on stage playing the guitar solos. Now, I didn't care who was playing which guitar solo as far as the three guitarists. Because in my mind, I'm playing the badass riff. I'm playing every moment of every guitar solo. I'm so good. I can sound like three guitars at a time. I was also singing and playing some drum fiddles. I was a very valuable member of Leonard Skinner. But the point of all that is, let's listen to the guitar solo by Gary Rossington and Don't Ask No Questions. It's quintessential Gary, economy of notes, clean, precise, perfect. That's clean and melodic. That's he holds the notes. He serves the song. That's what Gary did best. And maybe that's Gary's ultimate contribution to the band. He had his big moments, but he also played guitar in a way that would let the other guys shine. It could be chaotic to have three guitar players, but Gary just held it down musically played some great riffs, some melodic, simple solos. He grounded the band and helped make the songs special and accessible to everybody. I know that we music nerds love Weedly, 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 We, but most people prefer Wah, Wah, Wah. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> 
Let's listen briefly to one more. Another great riff written by Gary. This is called Gimme Back My Bullets. Skinner's song, cool riff that allowed Ronnie to write some of his best lyrics. No, the bullets are not actual bullets. This has to do with uh, the bullets on the chart. Ronnie wanted to get back up to the top of the charts, but I've talked about all this before. The point is, Gary wrote a lot of amazing songs by himself, or you know, with Ronnie, but music by himself. I'm talking about Simple Man. A lot of you love that one. Things Going On. I love that one. What's Your Name? One more time. And then all the other collaborations. And look, I wrote an entire bio for Gary Rossington. I usually don't write much down at all for these podcasts, but I wanted to get this right for Gary. But then I thought about something. I read a lot of musicians, bios. I actually have a degree in English, and <laughs> and now I just use it to uh, read rock star books. Personally, I hate the first part where we learn about where they're from and where they were born and what they were like as kids. I don't, you know, I don't care. They were boring as fuck as kids, just like me and you were when we were kids. Kids are dull. I hate that part. I want to get to the part where you did something awesome. So I'm going to skip it. I'm not going to read my uh, Gary bio to you. But here's what I am going to do. And this is confession time. I told you guys that my Skinnerd knowledge mostly comes from my dad being a huge fan. But dad never played the live album for me. Skinnerd, one more from the road recorded in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm still catching up, and I have not given it the credit that it deserves. This live album is badass. One of the cool parts is being able to hear Artemis Pyle play the drums on the great songs from the first two albums, but everything about it works. And yes, I had heard the live version of Tuesday's Gone from this album, and I liked it. But I didn't love it like I do now until the last week or so. And our guy, Gary Rossington, has a starring role. He plays the guitar solo in this one. So one last song. Let's get into it. Yeah. Tuesday's gone 
Of course, I'm not going to play this entire song. It's eight and a half minutes long. But I don't know why you wouldn't want to hear this whole thing on your own. It's tight as new rope, as my uncle would say. Sometimes the magic works, as my dad would say. And as I like to say, shit's good. So in this clip, you get to hear that great chorus. You can hear a little bit of Ronnie singing live. I'm not saying he was some amazing singer, but he was perfect for these songs. And he showed restraint. Unlike his fail brother, Johnny Van Zant, he knew when to sing and when to shut up. His ad-libs all work. You also get a little bit of the guitar, which is great, but you ain't heard nothing yet. Let's get back into it. to stop for a second the honkettes who were not around on the original studio recording of this song they're killing it bringing so much here and artemis pile on the drums is starting to make his presence known both the honkettes and artemis will continue to push this song which ends in a perfect guitar solo by Gary Rossington. So I'm just going to go right back to where we left off and let it play out.
good as that. Beautiful guitar solo that stays true to the original recording, but adds so much. And Artemis Pyle, killing it on the drum fills here. And yes, they snuck some harmonica in there. It works. Now, I don't know about you, but I always worry how a song with a fade out on the album will work out live. And they nailed it here. Ronnie had the mules ready to go. Tuesday's Gone is so good that even my wife likes it. And she doesn't like Skinner at all. So I'm about to wrap this up, but before I do, I want to get into some ancient Greek mythology. Who's with me? Have you ever heard of the ship of Theseus? The ship of Theseus is a thought experiment about whether an object, which has had all of its original components replaced, remains the same object. This is kind of philosophy 101. So the story is Theseus, the mythical Greek founder king of Athens, rescued the children of Athens from some other presumably worse king after slaying the Minotaur. This all sounds very made up, but stick with me. He then escaped onto a ship going to Delos. This was obviously some big deal that deserves celebrating. So each year after that, the Athenians commemorated this story by taking that very same ship on a pilgrimage to Delos. So cool, fun, no problem. Except this. A question was raised by ancient philosophers. After several centuries of maintenance, if each individual part of the ship of Theseus was replaced one at a time, was it still the same ship? So now this has become an important philosophical question that we all have to talk about or whatever. I don't completely understand it. I don't have the answer for you tonight. I only took a couple philosophy classes in college, and I was a little turned off by the very first one where some goof dominated every conversation by talking about Socrates. Swear to God, he would hear everyone around him say Socrates over and over again, and then he would interrupt everyone to talk about Socrates. Anyway, this philosophical question has come to be an important study on the meaning of identity. Do you see what this has to do with Skinner? Are you ahead of me? I bet you are. Leonard Skinner has none of its original parts remaining. I think this should be the end of the touring Skinner band, but I doubt it will be. There are no surviving members left. The most legit guy remaining is Artemis Pyle and he hates the touring band. And maybe this isn't the best time to discuss this, but please, hang it up, guys. Show some respect to Gary and Ronnie and all the rest of the real Skinnerd. You've made enough money. You're just a cover band now. I don't know the answer to the philosophical question, but I do know this. It was a lot of fun to see Leonard Skinnerd in the mid 1980s, three summers in a row as my first three concerts, 
as a very young child. And I know I've said many times on here that the band died with Ronnie, but those were some very good shows in the 80s with most of the original members. I'm glad I got to see that. And many of you have written to tell me you're glad you got to see that too. But since then, since about 1990 or so, feels like Skinner has been on a bit of a losing streak over the last 35 years. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Once again, I have to apologize for the huge delay in covering the last album, Street Survivors, on this podcast. I won't make you any more promises that I can't keep about when I will be back. I could tell you about all the cool shit that I already have in the bag, ready to go. But it's time to quit talking about it and show it. And today is not about me. It's all about Gary Rossington. R.I.P. Gary. You gave a lot to many of us. You brought a lot of joy to my dad. I love doing this podcast, and none of this would exist without you. So everyone out there, grab a beer or a whiskey or a water, whatever you're into, and let's turn it up for Gary Rossington. <laughs>